Well, we are concluding a series today called You're Invited, and I'm elated about our series we're beginning next weekend. Uh, it's called The Perfect Child. How many of you are parents in this place today? Just lift the hand up. How many of you got perfect kids? Just come on. Amen. Lord, help us today, Lord. <laughs> I'm excited about this series. It's, uh, this is going to be a very relevant series. Listen, it's going to be relevant to our singles. Most of you one day will be married. It's going to be relevant to our parents. It's going to be relevant to our grandparents. Listen, the Lord is really going to, to, to help us in a tremendous way. I believe the Lord is going to strengthen homes and families. Uh, do not miss this series beginning next weekend. Well, we're beginning this or ending this series. You're invited. And before I begin to speak God's word to you today, I want you to check out this quick video. Hi, my name is Josh. This is my wife, Andrea, and our daughter, Evie, and we're the Browns. And in the summer of 2003, we started attending People's Church and just loved what God was doing here. And about a year and a half ago, we invited uh, Andrea's parents and uh, our cousins uh, to People's Church, and they've been coming ever since. Hi, my name's Kyla. This is my husband, Greg, and our kids, Caleb and McKenna. And we started coming to People's Church about a year and a half ago after we moved here from Texas. We were looking for a place to attend, and Andrea and Josh invited us. We came, and we loved it. Then we started, um, and we invited my mom to come with us to church, and she's been attending for a few months now. Hi, I'm Cheryl, and this is my husband, Merle. And Andrea and Josh invited us, and we've loved the church and the diversity, and we just have a lot of fun, the music, everything about it we love. And we invited our daughter and her husband, Kelly and Chris Starkey. Hi, my name is Chris Starkey, and this is my wife, Kelly Starkey. We've been going to People's Church for about a year and a half now, and uh, we really felt like this is where God wants us to be, and so we decided to invite our friends, Preston and Melissa. Hi, I'm Preston Morgan, and this is my wife, Melissa. Uh, we've been attending People's Church for over a year now, and we just absolutely love this church. People's Church, you're invited! That's the power of an invite. And Easter's coming up next weekend, and we want you to invite people here to see their life changed by the power of Jesus Christ. In your bulletin, you'll notice the, the mailer there. Uh, you can hand it to somebody, mail, it, mail that to someone you know uh, to invite them to be here next weekend. Also, on the tables out there in the lobby, there are these little wallet-sized, the perfect kid invite cards that you can go pick up. Go grab a stack of these. Now, don't go grab a stack and throw them in the back of your car, amen. Just leave them there if that's what you're going to do. Grab a stack of these and invite some folks to be here. Matter of fact, I was uh, in the store yesterday and doing some shopping there, my wife and I, and I was talking to a gentleman. We had got into a long conversation, just kidding around, laughing, goofing around. And by the end of it, you know, he was comfortable talking with me and began to open up a little bit about his life and what he's, what he's going through. And I just invited him to... To, 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 to church, and he didn't have any idea who I was, and I just invited him. And I said, man, I worship at People's Church. My wife and I would love for you to come tomorrow. I gave him the service times, and then at the end of it, I said, you know, by the way, I'll be speaking tomorrow, too. Why don't you just come? And, and he was here this morning at 8.30, and uh, saw him in the hallway and started, tears came to his eyes, and he said, man, life just was touched, and he said, I had no idea who you were yesterday. I've heard about this church. I've heard of tons about it, and I'm so glad. I feel like God wants me here, and man, just not been going to church. And so, I mean, the, most people will come to church if you will just invite them. So next weekend, let's do it. You're invited. So in this series, you're invited. Today's title is Bringing People to Jesus. Bringing People to Jesus. If you have your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 5. 
We're going to pick up reading in verse 17, Luke chapter 5. If you don't have a Bible, the scripture will pop up on the screen there. I want to teach from you all everything that we're going to talk about today is coming from this portion of Scripture, Luke chapter 5 and verse number 17. I have several verses to read to you, so don't check out. Listen to what God's Word says. It says, One day as he was teaching, talking about Jesus, Pharisees and teachers of the law who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem were sitting there. And the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Some men carrying a paralytic on a mat and, 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 and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him to, on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up. Take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today, bringing people to Jesus. I want to look at three aspects of bringing people to Jesus from this portion of Scripture. Three things I want to point out to you, three aspects about this portion of scripture, bringing people to Jesus. The first thing that I want to look at today is the crowd. The crowd. The, the, the crowd who was around Jesus, they were, they were listening to, to, to Jesus, and some of them were actually following Jesus. But, but the crowd who was there, that they were hindering others, they were hindering some from getting to the Lord. Luke chapter 5 and verse 19 says, when, the, when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, that they could not get to Jesus because of the crowd there, that there was a great church service going on. <laughs> Can I tell you that, 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 that this was a, a church service like none other? Jesus was there himself. He, he was teaching and the scripture says the power of the Lord was there. The anointing was there to, to change and to, to heal the people. And, and the place was packed. You're talking about a church service that was, that was alive and hopping. The, the, the whole house was packed full of people. And there was a man who was hindered because of the crowd. Because of the church folks, they were hindered from getting to the Lord. And what I want to do for the next few moments is I want to talk to you about today how we can hinder people from coming to Christ. How, how the crowd, how, how the church, if we're not careful, can be a hindrance from people coming to the Lord. There, there's a couple of things I want to point out. Number one is this. We can hinder people from coming to Christ when we get too crowded. When I was growing up, they, they always said when a church is 80% full, it's, it's full. And Today, in some of the books and things that I read, it says 70 to 75%. When a church is 70 to 75% full, it's, it's full. And that's why we have four services on, on Sunday so that we can free up seats. And not only seats in here, but man, our parking area is, 
It gets, gets jam-packed, and our, our kids' space gets overly crowded. And we want to free up air, areas and space so people can come and, and, be, and be ministered to. And that, that's why we're building and have broke ground and building this uh, facility, this 42,000-square-foot addition that we should be moving into uh, this fall to reach more people with the good news of, of Jesus Christ. And, and, and a short-term fix for next weekend, we're, we're expecting uh, over 2,500 people to be here. Last Easter, we had 2,100 people. This, week, this Easter, we're expecting 2,500-plus people to be here and so we're adding a a 1:30 p.m. service on Easter. We're going to have five services and and I want to strongly encourage you. Strongly encourage you. Would you attend either the 8:30 service, all of our regular attenders, the 8:30 service, or the 1:30? Just one week, the 8:30 service or the 1:30 service, so that we can free up as many seats and parking spaces and kids areas so people can come and connect with God and experience His presence and His power. Matter of fact, if everything goes well, if everything goes well as planned, this, by the end of the week, on this east side, there should be an extra 100 to 200 parking spaces that, that, that the, the construction crew is going to pave this week so that next weekend we can have an extra 100 to 200 parking spaces. So pray that everything goes well. And then what I need you to do is I need all of our regular tenders to park way in the back there. Amen. I know some of you are hard-headed. You'll be all up in the front talking about, oh, I'm glad to be here on Easter. Be all up here in the no, Park in the back. In the gravel so that we can free up as many spaces for people to come and connect with the Lord next week. And there, there, there's a second way that we can be a hindrance, that, that the church can be a hindrance. Now, number two is this. We can hinder people if we become critical and judgmental. Critical and judgmental. The, the scripture says there in Luke 5 and verse 21 that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And these folks were critical. They were being judgmental even of Jesus. Understand that the Pharisees were, were, were what we call church people. <laughs> They're like you and I. They, they were insiders. They, they, they understood about the Jewish law and Jewish customs. They understood the Torah, the, the, the Old Testament. Some of them were actually teachers of, uh, of the law. They were church people. They were the insiders. And, and the insiders were, were putting up barriers and hindrances, and they were keeping the outsiders from connecting with Christ, the, the, the religious people were, were critical and judgmental, and they were hindering the irreligious from coming and connecting with Christ. And friends, people's church will not be a church that makes it difficult for the unchurched to connect with Christ. Please understand, hear my heart today, this church is not a retirement home, it's a hospital. When I hear a bunch of Christians, oh, let's just hold hands and kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya. No, 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 no. This is a hospital. Can I tell you something about hospitals? I tell you what doesn't go on hospitals. People don't just say, you know what? Let's just go on a date night tonight, honey, and let's go to the hospital and get a cup of coffee. Uh-uh. I don't go on hospitals. Not anybody that got good sense. I'm going to go to Starbucks. Praise the Lord. You go to the hospital if you want, but I'm not going there. You know what happens at hospitals? Sick people go to hospitals. Broken people go to hospitals. 
people that are severely injured and they have what they call an emergency room so that their need can, can, can have immediate attention because, because it, it is a, an emergency. And, and friends, the, the local church, people's church, is a hospital where hurting people are coming and broken people and lost people and, and confused people and people with all types of lifestyles and addictions show up in this place. And what you have to understand is, listen, people today, they oftentimes belong before they believe. They belong. They don't just believe what we believe. They show up and they want to belong. They want to hang out. They want to check it out. They want to see if you're real, if I'm real, if this God thing is real. They're investigating the calls and the claims of Jesus Christ, and they're just belonging. And some people, how many know when some people go to the hospital, they don't just go for one night. It takes months for them to get back to health. And some people that show up in this place, they come in this place broken and hurting, and sometimes it may take months. Sometimes some people come in this place, they won't even believe they'll belong, and it may be a year or two. And the last thing that we want to do is become critical and judgmental of what God is trying to do in their life, and we become a stumbling block. We become a hindrance because of our judgmental and critical spirit, and we hinder people who are on the outside from connecting with the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I encourage you to do something? Don't forget how God has changed your life. You hadn't always been saved. You hadn't always lived holy. You hadn't always served the Lord. You hadn't always been on fire for Jesus Christ. You haven't always been sold out to the Lord and honored him with your life. And, and some of you still not. you faking it. Amen. I know you ain't living for the Lord. Amen. But well, that's another whole sermon. But, but, but the crowd can be a hindrance from people coming to the Lord. There, there, there's a second aspect that I want to look at today. We've looked at the crowd. Number two is, let's look at the companions. The companions. Luke chapter 5 and verse number 18 says, Some men, everybody say some men. Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this, because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. Verse 20, when Jesus saw their faith, I think it's interesting that the Lord can see our faith. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. I want to share three things with you about the companions. The companions. Number one is this. Getting people to Christ involves teamwork. Involves teamwork. Jesus said, said that, 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 there, that actually there were some men that, that brought this man to Jesus and, and this man was healed. This man's life was changed because of teamwork. The, 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 the Gospels, and, and one of the Gospels says that, that, that there were four men. And, and this Luke says there were some men. There were several of them. Uh, four of them carrying this man. Maybe one on one leg, one on another. One has an arm and back. The other has his other arm and back. And they brought him to Jesus. And his life was changed because of teamwork. Matter of fact, I, I submit to you that every life that's changed by Jesus is changed because of teamwork. Even if you give your, gave your heart to the Lord in your bathroom by yourself or driving your car by yourself, it still required teamwork. Listen, somebody prayed you into the kingdom. Some grandma, 
some, some, some daddy, some, some mama, some, some pastor, some friend prayed for you and you gave your heart to, to the Lord. Maybe you gave your heart to Christ at a church like, like this. And, and every single weekend people give their heart to Christ in, in, in this church. And, and, and it's because of teamwork. It's not, it's not one man or one person. It's a, a team. First of all, somebody invited them. Somebody brought them to church. Somebody invited them to come and thank God for the parking lot crew who's out there helping and and ministry. Thank God when they walk in, there are greeters that are friendly and smile. The greeters, are you friendly? And amen, you are. You're friendly and, and you're smiling. And thank God for the ushers who ush. And thank God for the folks in the children's area who minister to our kids and, and love on them and pour, give them Jesus and, and free up parents to be there so they're not distracted in here to hear God's word. And, and, and thank God for the sound crew there and, and the light and the media crew and folks back here in the control room back here running all of this so that, that we can have church and, 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 and use all this technology. And it, it's a team ever. Thank God for the worship team who, who's here and they're leading us in worship. And, and all of this takes place. And when a life is changed here at People's Church, it's a team effort. Thank you for being on the team. Thank you for helping. Thank you for serving. Thank you for doing your part to see lives change. Some men, some men brought him to Jesus. There's a, a second thing I want you to see about the companions. Number two is this. Getting people to Christ involves faith. Involves faith. The scripture says Jesus saw the faith of the men carrying the paralytic. I, I love this. These, these fellows, they had faith that God can do the impossible. These fellows had faith that God could heal their friend. The scripture doesn't let us know. I, I don't know how long this man was, was crippled. I don't know how long he was a paralytic. Maybe it was for a year. Maybe he was born this way. Maybe he got into a horse wreck that injured him. So some of you didn't catch that, did you? Amen. It went right over your head. You're like, what in the world is he talking about? Horse wreck. Yeah, that's right. A horse wreck. They have cars back then. And, and he got in a major horse wreck and was injured and had to get some disability. I, I don't know what happened. But I know he was paralytic, and, and I don't know his condition. I don't know how long he was been there. I don't know how long, how severe it was. But I do know he was paralytic, and he could not get to Jesus by himself. And there were some friends of him that, that, his, that saw him in this condition. And somehow, way, they believed, they had faith that God could still change his life. So they brought him to Jesus. And his life was changed. I'm talking to some dad or some mom whose child is wayward right now, and they're not living for the Lord. And you're wondering, what's the deal? Are they going to ever serve God? Can I tell you, don't give up. Keep standing on God's Word. Keep praying. I don't care how bad the situation may be. Keep believing God. I'm talking to some, 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 some husband or some wife today. Your spouse is not serving the Lord, and, and you're wondering, are they going to ever serve the Lord? Are they going to ever get out of this sin? Are they going to ever serve? Listen, stay on, stand on God's Word. Keep praying. Keep, keep being Jesus to them. Keep, keep loving them. God can do the impossible. Keep, keep having a heart full of faith. Maybe it's a co-worker. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a relative that, that you think there's no way. It's impossible that there's no way God can change their life. Listen, keep a heart full of faith. Keep believing God. Keep standing on his word. These are no doubt wicked days that we live in. 
sin is all around, but I still believe what the Word of God says where sin abounds, grace abounds more. These are the last days and God is pouring out His Spirit and God is still changing lives and you and I must be people of faith and believe God to do the impossible and to continue to transform hearts and to transform lives. That Jesus saw their faith. There's a, a, a third aspect I want you to see here regarding the the companions. Number three is this. Getting people to Christ involves commitment. Involves commitment. These men were were committed to getting their friend to to the Lord. I I love this. The scripture says, first of all, they, they brought him to Jesus. Don't know how far they had to walk. Maybe two blocks, maybe a mile, maybe ten miles, but they were willing to walk. Probably had to take a few breaks. The guy got heavy, and they had to have some salt water Gatorade to refresh and replenish them. And they continued to, 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 to carry their friend and because they, they, they were committed to get him to the Lord. And they got to the house finally, and the house was packed. Looked through a window, and it was crowded in there. How many know some of us would have said, well, guess it's not the Lord's will for you. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie. Lord bless you. Not these folks. They were committed. They went to the back of the house, and as I was studying commentaries, most houses had a ladder in the back and they to get them to the roof, and they climbed on top of the roof. And the scripture says they tore, they ripped the tiles off, and those were mud tiles, and they ripped them off the roof because they were committed to get their friend to Jesus. And I don't know what kind of contraption they made, but they made some kind of contraption or device that they were able to lower their friend down right in front of Jesus. These men were committed to get their friend to Jesus. And church, I just want to encourage your hearts. I, I don't want us to get evangelistic just on Christmas and Easter. But as followers of Christ, I want us to live with eternal perspective every single day. And I want us to share Jesus with our friends and our neighbors and our co-workers and our relatives every single day. I'm not saying beat them on top of their head and turn them off from the gospel. But you know, you don't even have to have a class. You don't have to has some great education to share Jesus. Listen, I talk about my wife all the time. I talk about my kids all the time. I love them. They're part of my life. When I'm talking to people, I talk about my kids and my wife. And I don't have to have a training course and a class and teach me six ways and five steps to talk about my wife. Lo- I love my wife. When it comes to Jesus, I love Jesus. And I don't have to have understand it all and understand all the scripture and understand all the theology to talk. Listen, here's all you got to do is talk about what Jesus has done in your life. Nobody can argue how Jesus has changed you. Nobody can argue your relationship with you. Nobody can argue that the work that God has done in your life. And friends, at your workplace, in your school, and in your neighborhood, with your relatives, man, just talk about what Jesus has done in your life. And invest and invite. Be committed to invite, invest in a neighbor that maybe doesn't know the Lord. Invite them over for a cookout. And just love on them. Maybe it's a coworker that's hurting and that's down and out, going through a situation. Instead of turning a deaf ear, be a good Samaritan and reach out and minister. Love. Maybe it's a, a relative who, who's not serving God and they're down and out. You can put a phone call in and you can be Jesus to them. But let's be committed to bringing people to Christ. There's a, a, a third aspect I want us to quickly look at. Number, number three is this, is the cure. We've looked at the crowd. We've looked at... The companions, now let's look at the cure. Luke chapter 5 and verse 24 says, but that, man, but, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Verse 25, immediately. Everybody say immediately. 
I, I love this. God can still do the miraculous immediately. God can still save somebody immediately. God can still heal somebody immediately. I believe God's going to do an immediate work in this place today. I believe next weekend on Easter as we come full of faith that God is going to do some immediate things. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. The man who just got healed went home praising God. The changed man went home testifying. And lifting up Jesus. Can I tell you, when somebody's changed by the power of Jesus Christ, there's a trickle-down effect. The scripture doesn't tell us any more about this man. I wish it did. I wish we knew more. But I do know this man went home. And he was praising God. And I can just see in my mind's eye that his family saw his life change. Because he was a sinner. He was a heathen. Matter of fact, Jesus said to him, first of all, listen, he said, your sins are forgiven. Because you came here for a physical touch, but you got a greater problem. That's your spiritual life. And this man's spiritual life was changed, his physical body was changed, and he went home praising God. I can only see him getting a job. He, he's now got the activity of his limbs, and now he's working, and he, he's praising, he's telling everybody, my body's been healed, my, my life has been changed because of this man called Jesus. And there was a trickle-down effect, because when Jesus changes a life, there's always a trickle-down effect. And the scripture goes on to say, verse 26, everyone... Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. Everyone that was in that place. There were Pharisees and teachers of the law, the church people. You see, whenever God changes lives, the church is inspired. And they begin to praise God. And they were in awe. And I pray that we're always at church that when we see lives changed, we respond like the early church, and it inspires us, and it motivates us, and it encourages that God still heals, and He still sets free, and He still delivers. He still does the miraculous. He still does the greatest miracle of all. He saves people from their sins. And the church was inspired, and they praised God because God still changes lives. Lord, thanks for your word. Thanks that when we partner with you and we bring people to you that you do change lives. You do change.